Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Greater Than Podcast. My name is Elijah Merle. So honored and blessed you're taking out the time to join us today, wherever you find yourself in the world. Uh, we're so thankful for you. We've got uh, 44 countries who've listened to the podcast. We're so grateful for each and every one that's joined. Uh, we're excited for what the Lord's doing. Today, we got a special treat. Oh, my goodness. I tell you, I love these guys uh, very much. Uh, JD and, and, and Carolina Romick are here on the podcast today. Uh, from I Am Help, uh, JD has been on the podcast before, but today we are joined with his lovely wife as well. So we're in for a real treat. Uh, JD, Carolina, how are you guys doing today? Good. Yay. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having us on uh, the podcast again. Uh, you are a true friend and it's always good to be able to uh, share these ministry moments together. Yeah. It's Amen. an honor. It's an honor for us to be here. Thank you so much for the invitation. Oh, of course. It's my honor to have you guys. Um, I'm so excited for you guys who are listening to the podcast to kind of know and catch the heart and vision for I Am Help. Like I said, JD's been on before, but to have them both on to kind of share what the heart is and, and all that good stuff. So um, let's pray. And then we're going to dig right on into what we're going to do today. Uh, Father God, we thank you so much for this time together. Uh, we thank you for JD and Carolina. We thank you, Father, for the ministry that you've called them unto. Lord, we honor them. And we honor the place that you've given them. And we ask, Lord, that you would help us all to uh, speak beyond ourselves as very oracles of God uh, to communicate the heart and vision for this ministry and to encourage others who are stepping out in ministry, Father, that they would be blessed too and encouraged to step out and to do what you're calling us to do. We give you praise for all of this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. amen. Oh, all right. I'm excited about this one, guys. We're, we're in for a treat. Let's just get right on to it, the nitty gritty. How did you guys meet? Let's start with that. Let's start it with the basics. How'd you guys meet? Take us away. So <laughs> the year was 2011. Uh, I was invited to minister at this uh, youth conference in a city in Colombia called Cartagena. Uh, it's a fairly big conference. It was very cool. I was excited to be a part of it. And as things go in the ministry, sometimes, uh, they, they, they like sit you, especially if you are not married yet, if you're single and kind of like you're, you're a preacher, you're single, you're in your twenties. They want you to kind of like meet, you know, their daughters. <laughs> and, and so they, they sat me down beside a Carolina and I just thought that they were like sitting me down on purpose to meet one of their family members or something like that. So, so I didn't want to talk with her. Cause I that was wasn't like, the case. Oh, and oh. to be honest, it was just, <laughs> it just happened. Like I thought they were like, Oh, this is one of those again, where it's going to be awkward. And it's like, and, and she had no idea. I was thinking that. And so we really didn't talk to each other eh, while we were sitting down. And I just didn't know who she was or anything. And I wasn't very like interested in getting to meet someone in a conference I was invited to preach at. Uh, but then she asked me for a pen because she was going to tithe. And so that was like, oh, she's a tither. <laughs> and it's like, Come on, the windows of heaven are open upon her. <laughs> and then then I just kind of like, I was just interested, you know, she was cool. She didn't like, she didn't care who I was. And that to me was very interesting. 
because having grown up in ministry and stuff, you, you see like sometimes people are with you because of your title or because of your family or and Carolina, that's like the thing she least liked about me. And that's what intrigued me the most is like, wait, you don't you don't care about this. So it's like now I am extremely interested. And and, and so then we find out, come to find out, we actually studied in, in like the same part of town in a different university, but it was like walking distance. So and our family met each other long time ago. So we were related in a certain way, but we, we never we met each other. We just didn't know. So what's crazy is that there's like one of her Pictures. aunts has a picture of like the family lineage. And then there's baby pictures of both of us side by side. And, really? And we yeah. had, like, it took me 22 years to meet her. Yeah. So, so that was just one of those crazy things. And then we just started kind of like writing back in the day. Like I slid in all the DMs, Wait. Facebook and Twitter, uh, because she didn't want to add me on Facebook. And that was like a big deal back then where, you know, Instagram wasn't a big thing yet. And so it was Facebook. So it was Facebook and she didn't add me. And like my sister, did. her sister added me. Cause I also met her, but I was like, wait. So I actually, my first message was, I can't believe your sister added me and you did it. Uh, kind of like kind of a little bit cocky. For was, you. Yes. And I was like, how do you not, you know, admit the man of God, <laughs> accept the friend request. And, yeah. and, and so she kind of like laughed it off. We talked for a while. She wasn't very interested because she had told God and her parents and everyone <laughs> that she never wanted to date a ministry kid, like a, a pastor's kid or something like that. And I had told my dad that I never wanted to date someone from church just because from your church. from my church, not like I want to date a Christian, but I was like, I just don't want to date someone from my church. So I was intrigued. She really wasn't intrigued, kind of was. And then you, but, but you pray. Yes. Yeah. It was hard for you to, because I wasn't responding the way he was expecting so he prayed. Oh, yeah. I mean, I asked God, I was like, God, like, if it's her, make it happen. Help me. Because I am no, I mean, like, I'm no like Casanova or anything like that, you know, where it's like, let me, let me, let me do my thing with you or stuff like that. I was just, I was like very quirky and like dumb with it. And so I asked God, I was like, God, like, I'm, I'm going to need your help because like her, it, her friends and who she hung out with and stuff like that was very different than what I participated in and highly educated people and just very affluent in the community. So I was like, God, like if I ever have a chance uh, with that uptown girl, <laughs> it, it'd be, uh, it'd be because, because you helped me. And so later that week, I had to go minister at another conference and she sends me a message and she's like, Hey, I dreamed about you. And, nice. and she dreamed about me twice. So like, I know, I know the Lord was moving. <laughs> like, you know, you know, one of his languages is dreams as like, <laughs> their sons and daughters will dream dreams. And so, and so anyway, so I was, so it, it was like an awkward conversation. It's like, so what did you dream? And she was like, well, you actually asked me out. And I was like, oh my gosh, the, the dream. I, I was, I was 
19, 18. She was 19, 19 and I was 22. 22. So, I mean, we were kind of, you know, we we're still young. And so I was Teenagers. like, so I asked her out and then, and then we, we started like going out, but there was a whole lot that we had to hash out just because uh, being from a ministry family, you have all this, it's not baggage, but you just have a whole lot of stuff that you, I mean, your, your free days are in ministry. Like you grow up in ministry. Everything is ministry. Even Saturdays and Sundays, there's like no days off ministry is spelled W O R K. Like all of these things. Uh, and, and so kind of like trying to like fuse those moments together and those two separate worlds of just being a Christian and then being from ministry. Uh, it, it took us a while. And then we finally, uh, we finally started like officially dating after I asked a couple of times, <laughs> she shot me down. A couple no, of just once. Cause I wanted to be sure about it. And I remember once I told God, like the next man that I date, I want it to be my husband because I don't want to lose time. So I want to take the time to be sure and you to just ensure that in my heart that it is, you know, you never know if it's going to be your husband at night or not, but you just got to feel it right um, and be led. So I was taking my time to be sure that it was the right time and it was the right guy. So it took me six months. I know it's a lot of time, but I just want to be sure. I mean, six months to start dating. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then we dated five years yeah. until we got married. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we took our time. Uh, we obviously wanted to graduate from university, kind of wanted to be a little bit more established and not just, you know, live off of love, but also have a, some wisdom in there as well. And yeah, we've been married for five, almost five, almost five years. years. It's been over 10 years since we've gotten to know each other and it's been a long process, but long every year journey. gets better. And so awesome. cool. And now, I mean, we're going to have, we're going to be parents. So that's like a next, a next stage. Yeah. It seems like we like doing stuff every five years. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. tune in in five years to see what else happens. Exactly. Right. <laughs> No, that's great. Um, I'm glad to hear that. Um, to hear that story, you know, because everybody's story is different. Everybody's story is not the same. So it's yeah. good to get the variety of stories. Like, well, this is how the Lord did it for me, uh, because we can get caught up in this person's story, that person's story. But it's it's good to see that God. Here, the main thing is God is faithful, and that yeah. He'll bring the right person to you, and that it, that it will it will happen, you know. And uh, I think that's just a beautiful thing. And so. Um, the next question I wanted to ask you guys, you know, that for those listening to the podcast, this is a little different where I wanted to kind of introduce you get you guys to JD and Carolina and what they're doing. And, and so this is a little different style of podcast here, but um, you'll be blessed by it anyway. I mean, listen, I, it's my podcast. I can do what I want to. I mean, <laughs> you do it. You do that. <laughs> but anyway, here's the second question I want to ask why I am help. Like what, uh, brought this about what stirred in y'all's heart to step out and do this ministry that you guys are currently uh, operating in. Yeah. So I think it, it kind of has to do with what we just talked about. And like when, when we came in uh, and decided to get married, we, uh, we were like, we had a few conversations on what, like who was like, what, 
what world was going to be highlighted the most and stuff. And we always had those debates. Right. And like, you hear it sometimes, like you got to submit to my vision or, or so like all of these things. And then like, we, at least through prayer, what, what came to us was, you know, it wasn't like someone had to submit to another person's vision is, is that we now become one flesh and now there is a vision for both of us. And we kind of had to walk that out. And so it wasn't just like, all right, so now you're just going to be part of my dad's ministry and my family's ministry. And it wasn't like, I'm just going to leave because, you know, you can't, you don't fit in it. it. We were like trying to find God's will. And then through conversation, it took us what, like two years of being married before we actually kind of like pinpointed it. And, but I mean, since I got married, God put on my heart, the word transition. And so I, I was, it's kind of like, you know, you have that little thread and you just start pulling on it. See, see where it takes you. So it's like yeah, transition. Right. I thought it was like, all right, God, I mean, that's kind of obvious. I'm getting married. There is a transition coming, but it was more, it was more than that. And so then we started, I always had like a heart for missions. Carolina always had a heart uh, for helping and missionaries and, you know, nonprofits in general and stuff like that. And then like a series of events in my dad's ministry, uh, opened up the opportunity for us to leave and for us to step out. And so through, uh, yeah. I, I think there's something important here to highlight is there was a moment that we weren't, we were, um, how do you say that, um, uncomfortable on the life we were doing. We were doing the right thing. John was preaching. John was working at the church and we were in God's will, but we felt that something was missing. And yeah. that was the start point of I am help. We knew there was something that we were supposed, supposed to be doing and we didn't know what it was. So one day, and I think everything starts with a question. If you ask me how I am help started, it is started with a question. And the question was, God, what do you want us? Not only John, not only me, but what do you want us as a family to do? Yeah. What is our calling? What is our purpose as a marriage? Because we knew from the beginning that if our marriage has an eternal purpose, everything will just fade and goes in the right direction. That's good. Uh, we wanted our marriage to be missional. It's just a word that even recently has just come up on my heart again about everything that we do, be missional about it. And it's like, be mission minded, like what the mission is for, what the purpose is for our life that, uh, we don't just, you know, live and, and do stuff just because we want to, but you know, there, that, there, there has to be an eternal perspective. Exactly. You know, and so it's not like, you know, it's not like we don't go to McDonald's anymore because it's not yeah. eternal. Uh, but it, it, overall, like in our life, like where we want to take uh, our life and our future and our finances and everything, you know, we want it to be missional. And we want it to be based on the mission that God has purposed for us together. Because we were working, we were doing money. We used to have everything, but at the end, we felt empty in a sense. I mean, for those of like those that are listening, when we say we had everything, we had the apartment that we've all like you wanted to have as a newly uh, weds. weds. 
with everything, all the couches, sofas, plates. We had more plates than we had people like <laughs> invited. You know, we did every and like top of the line stuff. We even had a maid. I mean, to that point where it's like someone came and cooked, someone came and cleaned, someone like it was awesome. And I'm not trying to flex. What I'm saying is that even with all of that, and I was having ministry opportunities every, like I, I was preaching every, um, not only, not only every day, but like every weekend. And I was preaching like 12 hours a week. So like ministry wise, uh, you know, I had all the opportunities that I had, uh, business wise, you know, Carolina had all the opportunities she had and we were not like content <laughs> with what was happening. Yeah. Uh, and so once we start, decided to be missional about it and, and started, you know, asking ourselves uh, slowly, but surely, you know, taking that, taking those steps and, and those steps included like, all right, let's leave, you know, let's, let's go to where God wants us to go. Let's, let's start selling our stuff. And then, and then because we were missional and just decided on it, it, it was very, we're not the greatest sales person people, I guess, because we ended up not selling much. We just ended up giving away at, like everything, you know, just because we were intent on fulfilling that purpose. And another important thing here, there was peace in our hearts. Mm-hmm. We knew we were doing the right thing, even if it looked crazy because we didn't know where to go. Then God just lead us to Dallas, Texas. And we got there with nothing. We didn't know anybody, but we had peace. Yeah. And I think that's uh, what really gave us the green light. Like, okay, yeah. if there's peace. And you know, the, the, the word says, find peace and follow it. Yeah, I'm trying it. to translate pursue in peace. Spanish. Yeah. Um, but there was peace on it. And there was a promise either. Um, too. So that's why it was not easy, but it was um, a really smooth transition. And, and we weren't doubting about doing that because yeah. there, there was a word and there was peace. And with that, like specific to I am help and why like the name and everything, we obviously wanted to, you know, do missions in general. And then God gave us a specific word to us where he told us to not reinvent the wheel was like his specific words to us. And the way we uh, perceived it is there's already a lot of missionaries that are doing great stuff that need help. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's where the I am help started. And there, there's a lot of backstory to that too. We, we didn't want to put a name on it. We didn't want to, that's just personal because we wanted it to be something where, more people can be a part of it. And even when we're not a part of it, it's still going like that thought process behind it. And so, and so what we started doing being a missionary kid, I know that missionaries, you know, survive off of support and a missionary told it to us this way. When we were in Ethiopia, he's like, uh, support is to a missionary, like gasoline is to a car. It helps it keep going. And so what we wanted to do is started raising support for missionaries that were already on the mission field and then started raising awareness 
of these missionaries and what they were doing and helping them communicate better and understanding. Maybe a lot of people don't know this, but missionaries usually will take a month out of uh, their year to go back to the States and raise more funds to go again for another 11 months. And so they don't, they don't vacation really vacation vacation to me when I was a kid, I didn't know. I thought people's vacation was that, but vacation to me as a kid was get on a Dodge caravan and drive 12 hours a day to your next preaching engagement stop at a rest area for like half an hour to run around and have fun and then stop at a Burger King and then keep going. And until later on where I realized wait, like, wait, people actually go to resorts and stuff is like, cause that's where our summers were itinerating all the time. And so we wanted to get in on that and kind of like, sow our time and our talent towards missionaries and itinerate for them the rest of the year while they were not here. Uh, and, and that's kind of like how it started. And, and obviously as things go, it has been evolving and growing. And at the same time, kind of like changing a little bit of what we're doing, but the premise is still the same. We want to help and we want to help people that are helping and we want to connect, uh, people that are helping with people that want to help. Oh, that's great. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, one, I'm just reminded of this. I can't have a podcast with you guys and not ask you about this, but I hear, I heard from the grapevine that you guys are, are like very into uh, coffee. Now, is this true? Yes. Uh, so Carolina, no, I, uh, I don't drink. I'm actually, a Colombian, but I don't drink coffee, but John loves it. Yes. I okay. absolutely love coffee and it's, it's, it's a bit of a problem sometimes. <laughs> it, and the, the amount that I like it, but yeah, I mean, growing up in Colombia, my dad, I mean, in general, the Colombian culture is very like coffee centered. And so any like social engagement will have coffee. Uh, if you're going in for therapy, they'll serve you coffee. If you're going in for counseling, there's coffee. Like coffee is just part of the culture. And so I kind of grew up on it. My mom would give us coffee and milk before we would go to bed. Like that was just like, yeah. And like we go, so caffeine doesn't really affect me that much. Or I don't know. Or maybe I'm just like super wired because of my infancy in coffee. But yeah. And one problem is, is that in Colombia, we're very basic with our coffee. It's just black coffee. That's it. If you want to throw a little bit of sugar, great, but it's, we're really not like into macchiatos and all those things. So a problem has been is coming to the States where the coffee culture is like more refined in in it's like differences and styles. So now I'm like, I'm all, all about all the macchiatos and cappuccinos and lattes and pro shaking espressos and all of these things. And so now I have little grinders for different things and it's just, it's a whole thing. I I need to stop. Uh, You're going to another level, you know? And my brother is like a coffee connoisseur. Like he can, he, he's a taster. How do you say that? Like, uh, so like, so he can like taste something and tell you from which region it's from and all of those things. And so talking to him is worse because he's like, you need to buy this now. Like, you, you know, your life will change. And every week I get another text of how my life will change with this new coffee gadget gizmo or thing or crop that is coming. And so it's, yeah, I mean, the Lord is good and 
and he allows me to do these things. But sometimes I'm like, like I saw my cover today of coffee things. And I'm like, I need to stop. Like I have a weight to weigh my coffee. I have like this espresso thing, but it's like handheld. If I want to press it with my hand, I have a pour over. I have coffee from Ethiopia, from Colombia, from Costa Rica. I'm like, all right, like I am done. Yeah, no, that's funny. That's funny. So, Carolina, what are, are you into tea or like? We're just we're just talking now. It's just a conversation. I, I'm more um, like driven to fruit infusions. Say that one more time. Fruit infusions. Okay, what what is that? So in Colombia, we usually have fresh fruit, and you cut it, you put it mm-hmm. in hot water, and you put some herbs on it, maybe oh. mint. Or we have a lot of herbs in Colombia. So we just do that infusion, a a little bit of sugar, but just a little bit. And and you drink that and you eat the fruit. Yeah. Oh, really? I like to to drink. Take into account that in Colombia, I think, I forget the actual number, but there's like over 15 more fruits than there are in the States. Like in Colombia, there's just so many fruits that are grown. And so a lot of them, They'll either like the fresh fruit or sometimes it's the dried fruit that they'll put in the water uh, as well. So it's kind of like a fruit infused tea. It's very good too. I love it with my coffee. (laughs) With the coffee. That's the important thing. Okay, cool. Well, let's get back on topic. I just, I I had to throw that in there. Couldn't have JD on and not bring up coffee at least. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. It's kind of sad, but yes. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, so we talked about I am health, the reason behind it, what the Lord's put on y'all's heart. And I just kind of wanted to see and, and curious, like, how have you guys seen provision in stepping out and doing I am health, uh, not just in the ministry, but in your own personal life? And I know that that's a loaded question, right? But like, how much time do you have type, type of question? But mm-hmm. I mean, just like what, what comes to mind when you think of that, how the, the Lord has been faithful to add to you guys as you've stepped out. Yeah, that's a, that is a loaded question. Uh, I mean, obviously his faithfulness has been constant through everything. I think one of the things that I would highlight today would be how his faithfulness has been expressed, not only through money and how his provision has been expressed, not only financially, but even through relationships uh, and some, and not only that, I mean, like we've, like we've grown, like financially I am help this year yeah. has been so much better than the year before. And that in 2020 was like a miraculous year of missions in a world quarantine. Oh. And like, and we like doubled the support towards missionaries and the projects. And now this year we're, this is August when this is being recorded and I mean, we are, we're far ahead than when we were last year. And what's crazy is we haven't done much in the sense of travel. Uh, we've connected, we've done like, you know, the videos and all of that stuff, but you can see that God's hand has been over it where even to the point of when we were frustrated, you know, a couple of months ago, cause we wanted to go, we want to leave. And there's still a lot of COVID things that don't allow us to travel yet. And all of that. And God told Carolina is like, don't forget that I am your number one supporter. 
And, and so as long as you guys have me in the mix, you know, in like, board. yeah, on the board of trustees, uh, like it's, it, it'll be fine. And it has been. And so, I mean, we could, we could like dive in deep to like specific miracles, like miracles from, uh, getting barbecue at, uh, at a food, food truck. truck. And the guy behind us, he uh, tells us that he wants to buy it, uh, buy it for us. And then we sit down with him because he obviously bought, bought his food. And then an hour later, he's paying for a whole Venezuela project, uh, project that we had, like over $6,000 back, back then. Um, we, we've been one recent one, which was very, that one to me has been fun just because, you know, God's listening to your conversations, even when you don't include them sometimes. So we are just going back and forth. Like we got to do this. We got to do that. You know, we got to contact these people. We got to travel more. I mean, we got to, we got to get going. And, and I forget what it was, what was like the last statement that we said in our conversation, but we're like, we said that we, we didn't want to use the credit card because God told us faith is not only using the credit card. Faith is just be wise and good stewards of the, of, of, of the money. So I told John, we want to do this thing in Peru, but we're not going to use the credit card. I mean, this yeah. time God has to provide in advance if he wants us to go. And what was funny because it was basically as like, God, like we're not going to do much more. No. I mean, like this is the project. We really can't do much more. We would love to travel around the States right now. We can't. So here it is. And then like we were driving and then I get a notification on my phone. It's like, Ping! someone just donated the whole amount of what was a Peru trip. And I was like, so he answered. <laughs> like, he says like, well, apparently he's texting now. He's listening. Uh, <laughs> And so that was that like that has been cool. But at the same time, it hasn't always been that way. And sometimes I feel like we have a lot of these testimonies where I was working at Amazon and I got a text and this guy, you just praying and then had us in the heart in his heart and sent us a four thousand dollar check uh, just like that in the middle of COVID. It was just crazy and stuff like that. So those miracles are true and they do happen, but they're not the norm. I like, I don't, I don't want people to listen to this and then just, you know, go to the mailbox every day, just expecting new things because just like he has blessed us spectacular in a, in a spectacular way. Uh, Brother Hagel would always say we sometimes miss the supernatural because we're looking for the spectacular. And what has been supernatural has just been like the steady influx of relationships of people, obviously of donator, yeah, donors and things like that. But also that we have found tickets that have been cheaper and we have found how to get around a couple of, you know, expensive things. And we've gotten a camera in a different way. And, and all in all, like the, the common denominator of all of this isn't just how we've been praying or stepping out. It's been a constant relationship with him. That's good. Uh, that as, as he gets real in our life, so does all of these realities it start to get real to a point where we celebrate and we rejoice when miracles happen this way. But at the same time, it's not like we are surprised by them because if you know who your God is, then you know, these things happen. Right. And so, and it's not pride. It's not 
you know, pretentiousness or we think we know we're, we're there because we obviously don't, I mean, we don't think we're there. We still dreaming bigger. Uh, we just are getting to know God and, you know, and getting to know him and the power of his resurrection, you know, Philippians three. And, and as we uh, endeavor to know him more, uh, these things just start to happen as well. He told us once when we were praying, because that was a really hard month, February of last year, last year, it was really hard. So we were praying to understand what we were doing here. So much struggle, you know, because it's not easy every every day. There's sacrifice that you will have to uh, pay in a sense. And he asked a question that it was really important for us to understand what we were looking for. He asked, what are you looking for? Are you looking for money? Are you looking for connections? Are you looking for economic stability or are you looking for me? And when wow. he said that, he, he told us, when you are moved by the right motivation, everything else will be supplied. So he just changed our perspective in a second, saying, like, just look me and just go towards me and you will never feel discouraged or disappointed. Because with me, all of what you need comes with that with my presence. So that's a really statement that we, we go to like provision is his presence alive and real in our lives. That's really good. Yeah. That's, that's so good. Wow. Um, yeah, because you know, well, it's Matthew six thirty three, right? He says, seek the kingdom first exactly. and then everything else will be added to you. You know, that's a verse, you know, just in my little time of ministry to when I stepped out to do what I'm doing it in traveling and conferences and JD, you've been a part of that. Carolina, you've been there for, for the, the conference in Atlanta, just like these things that I've stepped out to do is that's been my motivation. Like I'm not, we're not seeking, I'm not seeking donors. I'm not seeking people to partner with me. I don't, I don't need them. You know what I mean? They're not my source. Thank God for them. We're thankful for each and every person who has it on their heart to do that. But at the same time, we want him. Because if we've got him, then everything else is fine. Everything, everything else works out. Absolutely. You know, so I think it's a, it's just a beautiful thing um, to have that attitude towards uh, ministry, whatever you're called to do, right? It's just everyday okay. life. And then that about provision being like his presence with you. I think that's a powerful thing uh, to, to, to say and, and to indicate there. Um, you get, uh, would you tell us about what you guys were able to do during the pandemic? Uh, for people feeding people and things like that. Would you just uh, tell us about that in 2020, what you guys were able to do? Yeah, for sure. So whenever it started, it was like towards the end of March, we heard uh, specifically in Colombia, the, the president had mandated like a uh, national quarantine, like very strict. And Colombia ended up having the second longest quarantine in the world. And when that happened, it just came up big in our heart to support those that live day to day. Uh, cause you know, I mean, there, there's some people and some people that are just blessed enough to, you know, kind of like survive two weeks and it's uncomfortable or whatever, but I mean, you, you know, you got enough food in the pantry or, you know, Walmart, you can go and stuff, but we knew of people that didn't have that luxury, uh, or that uh, ability. They just live day to day. And you know, what you make today, 
gives you to eat today. Which and, is the largest percentage in Colombia. Yeah, and in Colombia, I think it's like over 80-something percent of the population lives day to day. Because the minimum wage is like a dollar an hour. And so you can imagine that. And the prices are similar to here. So, I mean, stuff like that, it's, it's just, it, it, it can get complicated. So we just sent out, you know, a few posts on Instagram, sent out like a few messages to people. And we're like, Hey, you know, we're raising funds uh, to buy people food. And, and you know, and ha- either at the beginning, I think it was, we would send them kind of like a link where they could uh, go kind of like the, Col- the Colombian Walmart and online and kind of like buy their things and stuff like that. And so at the beginning, we, we had an idea of just, you know, blessing a hundred families that where they could buy enough food to survive for a month, uh, because we knew it wasn't going to be two weeks. We knew it was probably going to be a little bit more. And so, so, and we did like those 100 families came in quick. What didn't come in as quick was the funds for it. So we were kind of like, in that uh, wanting to give more families food, but the funds weren't there to keep giving. And so we'd get calls from people and texts and it's like, listen, I've got three kids and we're running out of food tomorrow. And so like your heart is so big, but like you, you feel your pockets aren't that big. <laughs> uh, so, so, I mean, we, we kept praying uh, and, and then a, a couple of weeks go by and we were up to 250 families. Yeah. And so we were, I mean, we were happy and we were telling God, like, God, if you give us enough for 300 families, we'll bless 300 families. If you want to, ble- if you want us to bless more families, then, I mean, we're just going to need more because it's not like we, we were saving some or something. It's just, that's what was coming in. And that's what we don't pride ourselves in this, but it's one thing that we feel we are mandated to do. And it's that hundred percent of the income will go hundred percent to missions. Uh, and so that's, I mean, we'll, that's why we have our own jobs and that's why we're doing our own stuff because, you know, God is providing for us, not through, I am help. He's providing through us in different areas. And so anyway, we're going through this then, and then by the beginning of May or middle of May, mm-hmm. I just have it in my heart. And it's just the first time that it's happened in my life where I just get a number in my heart and you just feel it's kind of like a God thing because it just won't go away. It's like, you know, sometimes like you could like see a number in the street and then kind of like, you know, boggles in your mind a little bit and then leaves, but it just kept coming up in my spirit. So I started telling Carolina, it's like, Hey, I think God is telling me, you know, he's going to send us $30,000 for this. And I mean, we, I had no idea who, when, why. So I was working at Amazon, you know, making whatever you make at Amazon. And so it was all right. Uh, and, and then we get a call one day from a friend who worked in, uh, Uber at the time, very high up. And she's like, Hey, you know, we've kind of have like this excess fund where we want to support someone. I remembered you guys are doing the thing for families like, can we come in and be a part? I was like, obviously you can come in and be a part. I was like, so how much are we talking about here? And so she gives it to us in pesos, uh, and in pesos, it's 120 million pesos was what it was or something like that, which exchange rate. Like I did the math in my head. I was like, Oh my gosh, it's the 30,000. So I look at Carolina and I'm like holding the phone so that the other person doesn't listen to me. I'm like, it's the 30,000. Like, this is it. So I, I call my dad and, and like the whole ministry down there in Colombia. I'm like, Hey, you know, 
we're about to get up like a influx of product. We need a place to put it. We need people to pack it. We tons. need, it was 13 tons of oh. stuff, of food for people. Uh, and so I was like, we need to get the bags. We need to get everything. So my dad in Colombia got a bunch of people to start packing and everything. And it was a sea, like we have pictures of it, a sea of product. It wow. just, in, in these rooms, and we ended up blessing in like the next, in the following two months, we ended up blessing 5,550 people, uh, families, uh, with enough food. I mean, basic food, obviously, but enough, uh, for a month, uh, to get them through like these pandemic and the, like the pandemic and everything. And, and so that was just God because it had nothing to do with our personal finances. And I think that's another lesson later on we could talk about, like, uh, but it had nothing to do with our finances. It had nothing to do with our Instagram account or our videos or, you know, or it, it was, capacity. yeah, or our capacity as a whole, it was a full on expression that, you know, when God moves, you know, he does stuff that only he can do where only he gets the glory because we couldn't like nothing, not nothing of this story had anything to do with our capacity. We were just happy to be a part. And so, yeah, over 5,000 families, uh, were fed for a month. And, and, and to give you kind of like the perspective of it, there come a point in, in some of the neighborhoods in Colombia where people, they couldn't leave the house. And there was like certain days you could leave to buy some food, but people weren't working. And so they couldn't buy food. So they were hanging like red cloths from their windows to let people know outside that they had run out of food. So, so that other people that wanted to help, you know, were like, okay, they have a red cloth, let's send them some food or stuff like that. And so, so it was getting, it was getting to that point. And so to be able to bless 5,550 families, it was just a true blessing. And I think a true Testament of like God's faithfulness. Yeah. And so, yeah. And then later on from that, we were able to bless the church again with the same amount uh, later on through a connection, because that's what we want to do. We're, it's not, you know, we don't care if it's funded through us or if it's funded through someone else, if we make the connection, you know, God is still going to get all the glory. And so just like that, that, that was 2020 was very crazy. Uh, but it was, it was a true Testament of how God, you know, he was the only one that was in quarantine in 2020. Yeah. yeah that's beautiful. That's a beautiful thing. Well, as we begin to wrap this up, um, how can uh, people get involved? How can they kind of see what you guys are doing? All that good stuff. So in 2020, we were gifted a website. Uh, it's a longer story, but we participated in this like giveaway of this very, great and professional business that does top of the line websites for like very famous restaurants and stuff like that. And out of all the people that participated, we got it. And so we're actually working on it right now, finishing it up. Uh, so as of right now, our website is down. So we have a donor box. You could go to the link. It's imhelp.co. And what you'll find is just a very simple donor box where you can donate towards different projects that we have uh, today uh, as of right now. And then you can also follow us at Instagram at help.im. That's help.im. And, and what we do there on Instagram is kind of just keep people updated and showing them, you know, who we're supporting, what is being done. Uh, we, that, that's what we want to do. And obviously we were 
uh, always thankful for everyone that supports and we pray for everyone that supports as well. And, and we know that there is a, a biblical law that comes into play with it as well of sowing and reaping it. But, but to us is just, is just being able to help that, that is, uh, you know, what we're all about is connecting people that want to help with people that are helping. And so whether it is through people's prayers or whether it is through uh, finances, whatever it was, or just connection, uh, we're, we're just happy uh, to be able to be a part of what God is doing in blessing so many missionaries and people that are being blessed by these missionaries as well. Yeah, no, that's wonderful. That's great. Um, yeah, guys, so check the, them out. Uh, it'll be a blessing to you. I'm so thankful for them and their heart and ministry. Um, JD, will you pray over us as we begin to wrap this up? Yeah, for sure. Father God, we just thank you for uh, this opportunity uh, that we get to uh, do this podcast with Elijah. We, we thank you, Father, for what is being done uh, through this podcast and what is being done through the lives of everyone that is listening to this podcast, Father. And I just thank you, Father, right now for uh, all of the listeners uh, that are listening to this, whether it's right now or later on, Father. I just thank you that you are blessing them, but that you are also opening the eyes of their understanding that they may see, that they may know, and that they may understand what, what you have called them to do father in the times that we are living in father clarity comes as a blessing father and we just thank you for that blessing that you you give us a clarity of vision to what you have called us to do father that we are not idle in the marketplace but that we listen and hear the call and that we may go father and do and just be able to fulfill everything that you have called us to do, Father. And I thank you for that. I thank you uh, for Elijah as well, and for the supernatural blessing that he has been to our life. I just thank you, Father, that you, your word says that you are the Lord of the harvest, Father, that in your kingdom, there isn't only sowing, but you are the Lord that sees the harvest come through. And I thank you, Father, even right now for the harvest that you have prepared for Elijah and everything that he is doing, Father. I just thank you and I rejoice beforehand for what is to come father and i thank you because you are our greatest blessing your presence is our greatest blessing and we just rejoice in that fact that we have you and because we have you we have everything we may need so we bless you father and we thank you and we give you all the glory in the name of jesus amen amen Amen. Well, glory to God. Well, thank you guys so much for being on the podcast today. I'm so honored to have you guys. Uh, both of y'all are a tremendous blessing to me. I, I, I'm not going to get emotional, but you guys mean the world to me. That's all I'll say. I don't want to get emotional, but I, I love you guys so very, very much. So thanks for being a part of the podcast today. It means it means the world to me. I appreciate it. No, we love you, Elijah. We love and you. we're always thankful for the voice that you are and that you have been in our life we we really honor it and it is always an honor to be a part and for those of you that are listening if you haven't subscribed to the podcast it's just one click one click hey, right oh listen i didn't tell him to say that y'all i didn't pay him there's no under the table money or anything he just uh, he there isn't. it's just i'm telling you i mean the people that are that have been on and the people that will be on uh you know where this is going and where god is taking elijah 
listen, you want to subscribe to it. I mean, there's no way around it. <laughs> I appreciate that, guys. I really do. Well, you heard it here first, guys. If you're not subscribed, I mean, get on it. Get on it. Yeah, there's some good things headed our way. The Lord is faithful. We're actually cl- uh, close to 100 episodes for the podcast, so we're close to a milestone there, so I'm thankful for it. Uh, thank you guys for listening and joining in on the podcast today. Uh, my name's Elijah Merle, and remember this, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Thank you for listening to the Greater Than Podcast. If you'd like to learn more, please visit us at MerleMinistries.com. That's M-U-R-R-E-L-L Ministries.com. Merle Ministries International.